0: Now, all the talk is this cold weather and sort of the fallout from that. Well, there is political fallout from that, too. We're going to talk more about that with Vaughn Palmer this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, let's talk about what's being done about this. Well,
1: on the weekend, I wrote a piece on a decision that came down right at the end of last year. Fortis had applied to the regulator. BC utilities commission to expand its natural gas pipeline network in the Okanagan. And they did it because they said the network was reaching capacity. By the time they got the new line built, um, they would be on the verge of having to cut some new customers off (coughs) or cap delivery. So they went to the commission and I'm still having trouble digesting this decision from the BC utilities commission, because what they did was they said, we agree there's a capacity issue here. Okay. Uh, We agree that your forecasting, uh, you know, is a reliable system of forecasting. And maybe some people might dispute it, but no, no, we think um, there is a capacity issue and it needs to be addressed. They then turn down the application to build a new pipeline. Uh,
0: Okay. okay. That doesn't make any sense.
1: (laughs) I agree. So the rationale for this decision, and I I find this far-fetched, but the Utilities Commission made the decision. They said, we think in the long run that the B.C. government's very ambitious climate action plan will reduce natural gas or flatten natural gas consumption in the Okanagan. Therefore, we don't think it's necessary to spend $327 million building Uh, 30 kilometers a new pipeline, we think you can probably come up with some kind of a short-term solution. And they told the company to go back and figure it out. Fortis has reacted. Their initial reaction was just one of disappointment. I think I might add to that disbelief. I got a note from somebody in West Kelowna on the weekend, and they've written a letter to the Utilities Commission, and they've said It's 35 degrees below zero here today. What's your plan to help us deal with natural gas supplies two years from now? Because that's when the system is going to run under natural gas. And I think that's a fair question. I think I got a lot of reaction, Simi. I think a lot of people in the Okanagan are still scratching their heads over this one, that the commission has so much faith in the NDP government's climate action plan that it actually believes <clears throat> there will be reduced demand for natural gas in the Okanagan starting in two years.
0: Okay. But g- given what we saw this weekend, like look yeah. at what's happening next door in Alberta, I, that doesn't seem likely to be the case.
1: I agree. I mean, you've had on your news this morning, right? it government agencies get carried away with this stuff. You had on your news this morning, BC Hydro is trumpeting how wonderful it was stepping in, filling the demand for electricity in our neighboring Alberta. Well, as you noted, um, Hydro bought about 20% of its electricity supply from outside British Columbia last year. So I keenly await the Hydro press release. Reconciling those two realities, and I don't know what the answer is, but clearly, BC Hydro overall is struggling to fill electricity need in British Columbia. If it weren't struggling, it wouldn't be buying electricity from neighboring jurisdictions. So, but this climate action one, Simi, I mean, I have read over the government's climate action plan. There's no question it has the best of intentions. There's no question that, you know, it's got projections of what will happen in 20 years and in 10 years and five years. But I don't know as though the government would even claim that it can address a shortfall in natural gas demand in the Okanagan within two years. I don't know if though the government would even make that claim. Although to date, Simi, there's been very little response from the political arena to this announcement. I think partly because it came down on December the 22nd. Right. And partly because the company itself is, I think, sitting there going, what the hell does this mean? They think we're right. that There's a capacity problem. They don't like our solution. Because they think in the long run, people will stop buying natural gas in the Okanagan because they're all going to climb on the bandwagon uh, of climate action. It
0: doesn't make any any sense. We're talking to the Energy Minister, Josie Osborne, actually this morning, Vaughn, so we can't ask about this. But, okay, Vaughn, you wrote this piece, and then what kind of reaction did you get?
1: Well, I wrote a piece about how the BC Utilities Commission had turned down an application to expand the natural gas network in the Okanagan. Fortis private company, uh, they were going to spend $327 million of their money on this. They thought they could recover it from demand, from ratepayers, but they're risking their money, not public money. Utilities commission says, well, you know, um, we don't think you're going to need to do that because we think demand for natural gas in the Okanagan will flatten over time. And we think that's because the government's climate action plan is going to work. Uh, The first reaction I got was very, very powerful, and it was from a uh, retired gentleman living in West Kelowna, and he said, it's 35 degrees below here today, and he sent me a copy of his letter to the Utilities Commission. The letter said, folks, uh, you, uh, I'd like to know what your backup plan for this is because it's 35 below here today, and two years from now, when the network is at capacity to deliver natural gas in our region... Um, It could be 35 below again. He's waiting an answer. Another reaction I got, quite interesting. Simi, you may remember last fall that the BC Business Council put out an analysis of the impact of the BC government's climate action plan. They used the government's own economic model, and they predicted, based on government numbers, there would be a big hit on investment in British Columbia. There would be less investment. It would have job impacts. And again, they're using the government's own numbers. Well, somebody pointed out to me, this sounds suspiciously like what's actually happened already. A $325 million investment in a gas pipeline. It's not going to happen. It's been turned down because of the government's climate action plan. So, you know, you've already got a backlash, uh, not surprisingly, uh, some people are gonna call, are already calling, I've seen this in the email, and I think online as well, are calling on the government to step in and overturn this decision, to step in and say to the commission, wait, you know, we have a long-term climate action plan, but <laughs> we, we didn't intend that you cancel a pipeline project that's needed within two years, because even we don't think that's how quickly this is going to take effect. Uh, it be interesting what the minister says about all this this morning when you talk to the minister um, New Democrats sometimes say, well, you know, we have to respect the independence of the BC Utilities They sometimes and say that. They yes. sometimes say that. The trouble with that argument in this case is they've repeatedly, the New Democrats, overruled the commission when it suited them. They've ordered the commission to approve rebates and fair caps for both BC Hydro and the BC uh, and ICBC. In fact, Simi, it appears they're getting ready to do that again because the Premier's promising a cash rebate from BC Hydro to offset the carbon tax. So they do interfere. Premier himself, Simi, fired the CEO of the BC Utilities Commission last September and replaced them with a hand-picked choice. So the idea that the government doesn't interfere in the commission, is true only when the government doesn't want to interfere. And maybe they don't want to in this case. Maybe they think, okay, well, you know, uh, in a couple of years, um, maybe they won't need all that natural gas in the Okanagan because we think our climate action plan is gonna work. I have my doubts. I think, you know, even the commission admitted the need is imminent. Well, imminent to me means do something now it takes probably two years, even with approval, to get the gas pipeline built. So it's not like the gas is going to be there overnight.
0: Right. You're saying the need is imminent in the Okanagan, which I'm, everybody in the Okanagan, I'm sure, can agree on that. Especially especially right? today. Yeah, especially on a day like that we've had the last couple of days. Yeah. The climate action plan is like 10, 20, 30 years sure. into the future. Yeah. That doesn't make any yeah. sense.
1: And I agree. And the other thing is, when when critics of the government on the environmental side argue, you know, you shouldn't be approving an LNG terminal in Kitimat, and you shouldn't be allowing the construction of a natural gas pipeline through the North, then the New Democrats come back and say, "Come on, you've got to understand that in the short to medium term, natural gas is a transition fuel." It is preferable in terms of emissions to coal and diesel. And that's why we're still going down the road. The world will continue to consume natural gas for some time to come, because it takes time to transition to a completely fossil-free economy. That logic, again, doesn't seem to apply to the situation in the Okanagan. This is a 30 kilometer long extension of an existing pipeline to serve some communities in the central Okanagan. Here's an interesting political thing. Ford has listed the, the communities in the interior that are most likely to face a shortfall if this pipeline isn't expanded. Four of them are in a riding held by the New Democrats, Vernon Monashie. So it isn't just a case of turning your back on the B.C. United-held uh, ridings in the Okanagan, of which there are several. This specifically threatens gas supplies in a riding held by the New Democrats.
0: OK, well, that would seem to me like a call to action.
1: right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Look, you know, another thing this government's very, very proud of is partnerships with with indigenous people. Well, this project was held up for a few months while Fortis could negotiate a deal with the Penticton Indian Band in whose traditional territory the expansion is located. And they made a deal. They reached agreement on a mutual benefit sharing agreement. Well, thanks to the Utilities Commission, that's on hold as well, because there's no benefits to be shared because the project isn't going ahead. So You know, we see these kinds of projects where, you know, cabinet ministers show up with indigenous leaders and private companies and they say, hey, it's great. We've lined up three hundred and twenty seven million dollars of private sector investment in B.C. And it's a transition fuel. And we've got First Nations partnership. It's the sort of thing the government should be celebrating I think what we're seeing right now, Simi, they haven't said anything about this decision. They're trying to figure out what the heck to say about it. Perhaps the government is surprised that the Utilities Commission went this far and put this project on hold.
0: That's entirely possible. That sounds about right. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. There's Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun.